We welcome you to KSCV. I'm Jack Gonzalez, one of the producers here at KSCV Radio. We certainly appreciate you tuning in. And this uh, segment of Ask the Experts, we're going to be talking about claims adjustment. We have a public adjuster here who uh, is quite informative on the subject, and she's going to be giving you all the information, no doubt, that you would need. Let's uh, welcome Miss Stephanie Corona. She is going to be with Claims Made. Good afternoon to you, Stephanie. Good afternoon. How are you doing today? Fine, fine, fine. Now, you know, we've got a lot of people out there who, of course, are still suffering through Hurricane Harvey. And, of course, it's hard to believe it's been almost a year. Yet people are still having to deal with that. And, uh, of course, a lot of them might not have all the information they need when it comes to filing a claim and public adjustment and stuff like that. So this is probably still a good time to still talk about those things. It is still a good time. We're able to go back for a full two years. And due to the sheer magnitude of Hurricane Harvey and then the storms that hit Florida and Puerto Rico after that, it's been a very unorganized um, claims process. So people are still really, really hurting out there and really searching for answers. And that kind of leads me to a, kind of one of our first questions. A lot of people think, and even though it's almost been a year, is it? it's not really too late to get a public adjuster involved in if somebody has an issue with uh, flood claims or anything else regarding tax day floods. No, it is not too late. Like I said, we have a full two years to work out the details. Two years. Two years oh. from the date of the storm or the date of their last denial or acceptance letter. Okay, so with that being said, you know, whenever you're looking for somebody regarding this or any type of other business you want to get involved in, you know, you got to know what to look for as far as, you know, make sure you're not, I mean, let's admit it, you know, there's people out there looking to rip you off. We hear those stories all the time, contractors and others. So there are, what are some important things people yeah, need to Yeah, there look are for? bad actors in every segment. Um, it's not like the insurance company is evil. It's not like every public adjuster out there is exactly. brilliant. Right, um, <laughs> exactly. But the the first thing you want to do is make sure that you are, you're dealing with licensed, qualified people. And the state of Texas has done a good job of setting up a website that you can log on to at texasdepartmentofinsurance.org and um, you can log on there and do an agent lookup and it'll let you know if that person is licensed, how long their license has been in play, if they've had any um, actions taken against them or any complaints of anything of that nature. Mm -hmm. So that's always a good place to start off. And then um, there are local and uh, statewide organizations that kind of govern our industry as public adjusters. Uh, TAPIA, Texas Association of Public Insurance Adjusters, is a good one to mm -hmm. check out and see if, you know, the adjuster belongs to it or has belonged to it, sat on any boards, um, and what their business model is. I mean, a lot of public adjusters go out and they, they work really, really, really hard, and some of them have kind of fallen off the wayside and they deal more with attorneys and that route, going the appraisal route, than actually doing field legwork out in the field. And so let's go into a little bit more detail as far as that, what the public adjuster come They come out and, and they take a look at your property and just kind of give you an idea. Is that the way it usually works, or how, how does that normally work? It's definitely not just giving you an idea. A good public adjuster is going to come out to the property and they're going to look at your home and your policy and your claim specifically, kind of like a crime scene investigation. They take each and everything into account. And I don't care if the damage is 10 years old. They're going to want to know how it got there, why it got there, has there been a past claim, so that we can source every type of damage that's on that property. 
a lot of times whenever people file a claim, they try to lump everything into one claim. And that's not how the insurance process works. Each peril is covered under the policy or it's not. And each individual peril is a different claim. Now, I notice on here, one of, some of the questions we wanted to cover was as far as paying the public adjuster. Now, do they get paid up front, or, or how is that normally handled? So that way, once again, somebody doesn't pay something that they you know, wind up getting, as we said before, ripped off. I mean, how does that normally Exactly. Happen? And again, once again, Texas has done a really good job of protecting the consumer where this is concerned. It is absolutely against the law for any public adjuster that's licensed by the state to take any upfront money. Oh, that's good information um, to know. They are only allowed to recover if they recover a, a portion of the claim for the client. Uh-huh. Sort of like a lawyer does, a court of, you know, you pay them, of course you pay them a little bit up front, but you don't pay them everything. A- attorneys can work in several different fashions, but PAs do not have that opportunity unless, of course, they're working as an appraiser Uh or they're working as a consultant for a law firm that that client has already hired, and that does happen. Now, how about uh, the homeowner's policies? Does that cover floods as well, too? Homeowner's policies do not cover floods, and in fact, increasingly, they're not even covering water damage a lot of the times from like burst pipes, overflowing toilets, Um, especially wind-driven rain is a huge one with Hurricane Harvey right now. Mm-hmm. We've got so many clients that experience hundreds of thousands of dollars of interior damage, and their insurance companies are calling it wind-driven rain, saying there was no storm-created opening. So water in and of itself has become a huge issue on the policies, and knowing that language and knowing how to decipher the 60-plus pages becomes very, very important. Especially if you're not familiar with legal speak, so to speak, because you could see something, you think, oh, gloss over it, okay, whatever, but then that whatever could turn out to be something very big if you take it for granted. We have to remember that in in the state of Texas, this is a contract of adhesion state. Mm -hmm. The insurance company does write that policy wording. You do not have the right to go back in and change it. Mm-hmm. So it's very important that you understand the wording that is there, but they don't make it easy for mm-hmm. you. It yeah. could say you're covered on one page and then 30 pages later tell you you're not. Oh, no. So you really need to speak with somebody who's well-versed in policy language and knows how to find that ambiguous wording and knows how to pick out coverages that you might not even have known existed for you. So and that is basically what involves the public adjuster, they help you along with that? Or how does that process usually work most, regarding a public adjuster? Yeah, most public adjusters are definitely experts whenever it comes to policy language. Okay. There be, might be times that we come out to a property and we can't actually source a leak because we're not allowed to put a nail in, take a nail out, right. cut out sheetrock. Right. So sometimes we have to pull in you know, experts that are licensed trades like plumbers or something right. to get to the bottom of it. Uh-huh. But whenever it comes to policy and the language in it, a good PA is going to know that policy front and back, and they won't even do the inspection without deciphering that first. Ah, that's very good to know. So should, with that being said, should the public adjuster, in case you do need to have damage checked, should they be called first, or should you go about and get the insurance uh, claim 
file first, or should you just do both at the same time and have them work together? How does I, that really I work? think that it's very important that either you attempt to decipher your policy or you call a professional that can for you, mm-hmm. because a lot of times you'll say things that may not be correct. You don't know how long a pipe's been leaking, or you don't know how long that water's been going underneath your slab. Mm-hmm. You need to call in somebody that can decipher the language of the policy and then let you know if that peril is covered. Um, A lot of times water claims, if they've been going on for longer than 14 days, if they're hidden or Mm. not, they're no longer covered. Yeah, you move something around and then you see, oh my goodness, where'd that come from? So if you call in a claim and you erroneously say, well, I'm not sure, it could have been there six months. Well, that call's being recorded and that could come back to hurt you in the end. It's better to find out first how long that, that water leak has been there and then call your insurance company or don't call them if you know that it's not a covered claim. All right. Okay, well, we're going to take our first break. It's hard to believe it's already been almost 15 minutes. Wow. That's what happens. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. get all you. that information in there. It's Stephanie Corona. She's joining us from Claims Mate, and uh, we're going to be giving you more information, more important information, like we said, especially if you've had trouble with flooding, even just not from Hurricane Harvey, but something else, the type of damage that might have occurred, of course, due to water as well, too. We'll talk about that and much more coming up. Once again, joining us for this segment of Ask the Experts, Stephanie Corona from Claims Mate. And we're talking about damage that you might have suffered due to the floods. Hurricane Harvey, once again, hard to believe it's been almost a year since that occurred. But if you have any other type of water damage or any kind of damage that you suffered due to anything else that might have happened. You know, if you have a house, anything can happen just about that will cause problems. And, of course, you definitely want to get the right details. You don't want to get ripped off. Unfortunately, <coughs> there's a lot of bad people out there to do it. And uh, so why can't you use a contractor to handle a claim? Because we've heard those stories as well before, and and those could be some horror stories as well. That's an awesome question. And um, the Texas Attorney General has actually gotten involved in deciding this. Um, Your insurance policy is really a legal contract for money for services. And whenever you bring a contractor in, that contractor may be only a roofing company. And whenever he comes out to look at your property, he's going to fight to get the roof portion of that claim bought. Mm -hmm. But what about all the chips of paint around the house? What about dented, you know, furniture? What about leaks on the inside? Uh So the attorney general has decided that it is illegal for a contractor to act as a public adjuster to interpret policy and then try to negotiate a settlement with the insurance company. It should not be a contract to negotiate anything. Mm -hmm. It should be a reason to go after full indemnity. These are the terms of your policy. This is what you're afforded under your coverage. And this is what should be paid for from start to finish every last single dime. So if somebody is kind of being pressured saying, oh, no, that's not right or whatever, you know, of course, you know, and the person feels a little intimidated saying, well, that's what I heard on the radio and blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, they shouldn't rush into it just because that person is there telling them something. And if they get out of it and eventually leave, what would be the next step as far as, I mean, I guess they could report that person or or let them know, hey, you know, you can't be doing this and you can't be forcing me to do this as well, too. Exactly. It's very important that if you've got a contractor that says that they're an insurance specialist or that they can interpret your policy or negotiate your claim for you, that you be very wary and that you do report them because it is illegal in the state of Texas. 
Um, typically, they're not trying to do anything wrong. They just really want to get the claim bought. Right. Um, but a lot of times they are, and a lot of times they will hurt your cause with the insurance company rather than help it. The insurance company is under no legal obligation to speak with them, to negotiate mm. with them, to hear them out, to buy things that they think are damaged. Right. And they they can literally just shut down the whole claim process. If you hire a licensed public adjuster, that insurance company, by law, has to speak to us. They have to discuss the terms of the policy. They have to give us reasons of why things are not being covered mm-hmm. and give us an opportunity to prove why they should. So... A claim has been denied, all right? So what is the next step? I mean, is that it? I mean, is there another resource that a homeowner can go to to try and get things taken care of? There there are several avenues that homeowners can do. Um, one of them is to hire a PA, and that is usually a good place to start because that PA is typically going to be the most honest person Once with again, you. Once again, PA is a public adjuster. A public adjuster. Right. Uh-huh. It, because they, they don't get paid unless they, get, they actually recover funds for you. Uh-huh. Okay, there is um, some policy wording that states that you have a right to hire an appraiser. Mm -hmm. But if you're only dealing with a $15,000 roof replacement, well, an appraiser is going to cost you $2,500. It's going to cost the insurance company $2,500 as they hire their appraiser. And then you have to split the cost of the umpire in the middle. And a lot of times these umpires do not have construction or building or insurance experience. So you have somebody deciding whose estimate is actually fair that might not be that knowledgeable in the industry. Um, but that is one way. And you you definitely have the right to seek an attorney mm-hmm. to represent you. On, on When seeking an attorney, I would, again, suggest seeking the services of a public adjuster first, because unless the insurance has committed breach of contract or an actual bad faith act, or they've denied your claim unfairly, then the attorney really can't recover recover their attorney fees from that insurance company. Oh, is that right? So give them a chance to build a case. Mm -hmm. That public adjuster will usually work with you to the bitter end, and if they're unable to recover, then they'll definitely tell you to seek legal legal action. Or if it becomes a matter of law, such as, uh, you know, ambiguous wording in a policy, Mm -hmm. and that's something that can be decided either way, Mm -hmm. you know, person of normal intelligence thought that this policy said my water damage is covered so when you have that ambiguous wording of public adjusters not able to argue it that becomes a matter of law once again we are talking to stephanie corona of claims made and if you have any questions for her after we forget i mean forget if after we finish the show uh, you can of course contact her at 281 281- Two three one nine two four two. Once again, at claims mate two eight one two three one nine two four two, and you also have a website claimsmate.com, correct? And you have it yes, set sir. up where they can send you questions as well. Yes, sir. Okay, there's going to be like a ask a question link on there. There are several ways that you can ask a question or you can leave information, and of course, our our phone lines are manned twenty four hours a day. Oh, good. That's so. very important because you never know when something might happen in the middle of the night as well, too, as we've seen some House so. fires, uh, you know, water pipe leaks, mm-hmm. anything like that. And well, again, and it, it, it's best to call a public adjuster or somebody that is well-versed in the terms of that policy mm-hmm. before you speak with your agent or your insurance company. Okay, now you were talking 
earlier, something, of course, as we said, is very important, financial charges and costs and everything like that. And I know you covered, uh, covered a couple of things. Is there any other things as far as cost-wise that uh, a homeowner needs to kind of worry about as far as, and what would they be looking at as far as costs regarding other things that might be involved? Well, when you're dealing with a public adjuster, we usually work for a percentage of the claim. Um, if you've been really successful to date, and let's say you've gotten $100,000, and we're only able to get you an extra $20,000, at that point, the state allows a public adjuster to come in and charge 25% of just the new funds rather than 10% of the whole claim. Um, because they've already pretty much worked for half of their money. Mm-hmm. So it gives them some relief a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Um, there are also expert witness fees and stuff like that that come into play. A lot of times if we find that the damage is questionable and we need a forensic engineer or structural engineer out there, we will employ them to come in and, and make those decisions where we can't. Mm-hmm. You know, that six-year degree seems to give them a lot of pull <laughs> whenever you're dealing with the insurance company. So so you have access to a lot of different people, not just you, but you, other people who when you see something that needs to be taken care of by another entity, then you can you have access to all these other information as far as that goes. Most public adjusters have huge bases of uh, forensic people and uh, you know experts and consultants that help them do their job. And they they tend to stick with you for a long time. I mean, our group of contractors, engineers, um, appraisers, umpires that we deal with, we've we've been in contact for over 10 years. And if it's a good, reputable public adjuster, then I think usually you could probably count on these other entities as being good and reputable as well, too, because you're not going to deal with bad people because that makes you look bad. Exactly. Word of mouth, so to speak, you know. Exactly. It's really hard. Um, We're under a lot of rules whenever it comes to referring people out such as an attorney or a contractor. We can't give one person and say you have to use this person. We must give them a list of at least three and let them interview them and make their own decision. And that makes it very fair because if you just get one person and you just trust that one, you know, like you said, I mean, having more. It's just like when I call to get uh, an estimate on something, I don't call just one mechanic, like say if it's my car, I call about two or three and that way you can kind of get a an idea of what's fair and what isn't. Exactly. Most public adjusters are going to have a good base of people around them, though. We don't want to be out knocking on doors and sure. bothering people right after they've had you know something horrible happen. Yeah, it's a very traumatic We time. want our clients to be past, uh, past clients, referral business from mm-hmm. those past clients. Mm-hmm. And you can't do that without a good group right. of people around you to support you. Because that's all it takes is just one bad. And that. even though all <laughs> the other ones can be just one bad one, and that, that spreads like wildfire. <laughs> So we have a company adjuster, an independent adjuster, and a public adjuster. So could you please kind of just a brief overall what the difference between all three of those I can, be? and it gets really confusing because right after a storm, um, you'll see an influx of adjusters come from all over the country. And those are known as independent adjusters uh-huh. or catastrophe adjusters. Uh-huh. They are hired by independent firms that are then hired by the insurance company to go out and handle the claims. So these independent adjusters do not work for the insurance company, but they are most certainly paid by the insurance company. Mm -hmm. 
a lot of times they're overworked. They're handled handed 75 claims a week wow. for one person. Wow. Um, most good PAs handle 75 claims a year. Okay, wow. so you've got an independent adjuster that's from the East Coast that doesn't know, know our building codes mm-hmm. here, doesn't really know the lay of the land or, you know, how our counties and cities work with their codes. Mm-hmm. And they come in and they are so so much in a hurry to move through that that estimate and move on to the next one mm-hmm. and it's it's not a matter of them not doing their job it's really a matter of this storm hurricane harvey was 700 miles wide 200 miles deep and then there was another storm that hit right after it right. in florida so all these independent adjusters got up and left and went to florida where Ugh. the claims are bigger right so everybody around here just got kind of left twiddling their thumbs uh-huh. So those independents are very fluid. They move around a lot. Um, they don't really specialize in anything particular. Mm-hmm. Um, but once it starts to slow down, then you'll start seeing your staff adjusters come back, and they actually work for the insurance company. And these people are usually highly educated. They've been with their companies for a long time. It's easier to get um somebody intelligent to walk through a claim with you and listen to you about why and how things might have happened. Um, And then there are public adjusters, and most public adjusters have over 10 years' experience. Mm -hmm. Most of them started out working for the insurance companies Mm -hmm. and then came over to what is commonly known as the dark side. (laughs) (laughs) Going back to Star Wars here, huh? Yeah. um, But a good public adjuster doesn't fight your insurance company Mm -hmm. for you. What they do is they go in and they work with that insurance company to meet the terms of the policy. And a lot of times, all it takes is really good paperwork and documentation and an open ear so that everybody is getting along. The emotion is taken out of it from the homeowner side of things. And and things get worked out a lot faster like that. So a good public adjuster is not going to be fighting your insurance company. They're going to have the respect of that insurance company and the respect of the adjusters that come out and meet with them. It should be much more... um, amenable than whenever it first started. <laughs> right, right. Once again, we're talking to Stephanie Corona. She is with Claims Mate. And once again, if you'd like to, to ask more questions, if you think of something we're not talking about right now, or maybe you'd like a little bit more information on what she is talking about, feel free to call her or go to the website, claimsmate.com. That phone number, once again, is 281-231-9242. That's 281 281- 231-9242. Once again, the website is claimsmate.com. We only have a couple of minutes left here. So, you know, going back real quick to touch on something that you were mentioning. So you said something about out-of-state people. So I guess it's, you know, because they may not know, as you said, the codes and everything, it's mm-hmm. best to look for somebody here locally then, right? Or at least within the state that uh, when, when you're Pu- looking for somebody. Public adjusters typically... Um are a little more settled down than an independent adjuster. We don't have to be somewhere in 72 hours mm-hmm. anymore. We we typically have a good base network that we work out of, a couple of major cities, a couple of smaller cities. Uh-huh. Um, but if you're in a smaller city, it may be very hard to find a public adjuster, especially right after big storms. Mm-hmm. Whenever um, Hurricane Ike hit, about 10 years ago, mm-hmm. there were 17,000 public adjusters in the state of Texas. Wow. Whenever Hurricane Harvey hit, I think there was just under 200 of us left. Wow. So there were 200 people out there that were actually licensed and able to ink a contract 
and start on your file and help you compared to 17,000 10 years ago. Holy so. moly, gosh. You know, it's funny because as I drive around the city, I still see places that still have houses that have trash and garbage from the from the hurricane still out. And it's hard to believe that. It still is, but yeah, people are still just still dealing with. It, so that's why it's still important to talk about these things. Yeah, I don't know if anybody's drove drove through New Orleans lately, but there are whole parts of the city that are still oh just shut down. I mean, nobody ever moved back in. Oh my goodness! And it was because they didn't have the representation that they needed. Right. There right. were there was no such thing as a licensed public adjuster in Louisiana at that time. Well, Stephanie, it's hard to believe this is it. Because we have uh, talked a lot about a lot of stuff, but as I said before, I'm sure there's still some things out there that people want to talk about. So once again, let's one more time. We can't match your number too many times. So let's say (laughs) once again, Stephanie Corona was claims mate. You can reach her at 281-231-9242, 281-231-9242. Of course, go to the website. We're all internet savvy these days, claimsmate.com. Well, once again, Stephanie, thank you for joining us. We certainly do appreciate it. A lot of good information there, ma'am. Thank you so much, and I'm looking forward to coming back. Oh, well, good. Well, we like that. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us for this edition of Ask the Experts, and we certainly appreciate you tuning in. Call Stephanie if you have regarding your claims, and she'll definitely provide you with all the information you need. Thank you. This is KSEV, the voice of Texas.